Fire the recruiting cannons. Another one is headed to Madison on Wisconsin. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to Locked On Badgers. Thank you for making this one of your first listens every single day. I uh, really, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Um, a lot to talk about today. So I've been out of kind of out of pocket the last couple of days. I've been away from the computer, uh, so I didn't get a chance to talk about the practice where CJ Williams went nuclear. Definitely got to talk about that. Got to talk about Raiden Locke. But we got to start. I, I mentioned it. I, I did it at the beginning. Fire the recruiting cannons. Another one's coming to Madison. Derek Jensen has committed to the Badgers. Uh, bringing um, our 2024 class up to four commits. Uh, this is a big one. This is this is a really good one to get started. Really solid player. We've talked about Derek Jansen on the show. Uh, Kyle Maitre. What's going on, my friend? Says, let's go. Indeed, let's go. He's got the Brewers logo up there. Baseball's obviously going on. Um, Jensen is 6'6", 280-pound offensive tackle out of Heartland. Um, really solid player. We've talked about him before. Like the size, like the strength. You know, he's a guy who finishes his blocks. Definitely somebody who dis- displays that requisite nastiness on film that you want from an offensive line recruit. So that's a big get. Obviously, the in-state component is always nice. You don't want to take kids just because they're from in-state, but when they are, it seems to work out a little better, especially with offensive linemen. Good size, good reach. Um, does a really good job on film, something I talked about. He, he's able to kind of get to that second level. Right. He'll he'll wall somebody off with a nice angle and then he'll continue moving on and get a linebacker, get downfield. You know, he's a really good prospect. Now, I I do think he maybe is more of a right tackle. I don't I don't know. I want to watch more of the film. I, I don't know if he has the the great athleticism that maybe a left tackle has, but this is a really good get. High three star player. I think he's an 87 on the uh 247 composite. So he's right kind of below that four star threshold. I think the film backs that up. A really solid offer list. Iowa was after him. Obviously, Iowa evaluates the offensive line really, really well, typically. Uh, Nebraska, Michigan State, Illinois. You know, a lot of really good prospects after him. Um, and somebody who I feel like is a pretty high floor as well. Like, you don't have to project. A lot of offensive linemen in high school, Justin and I talk about this a lot. A lot of offensive linemen in high school, um, you have to try to figure out how they're going to carry 30, 40, 50 more pounds, right? You're watching him as a 6'5", 260-pound player. Jensen's already 280, 285, and he moves well for that size. They're going to put 10, 15, 20 pounds on him pretty easily. Uh, I think he projects really well. I think it's a pretty safe projection. There's a reason why the, the staff is after him. They're after him quickly. I think he's probably a right tackle-ish. Um, There's a really good start to this class. Now you have four players in the class, all offensive players, by the way. Phil Longo's got to love that. All offensive players, all either four-star or really high three-star, you know, in Jensen and Booker's case. So this class is shaping up really well. There's another one out there. Longo had a tweet. Um, so we're, we're waiting on one more. Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about that one tomorrow when it pops, if it pops. So Jensen, really good really good commit. Um, part of a really, really good in-state offensive line class that I want to talk about here in a second. Uh, I'm really intrigued by – let's just get into that right now, actually. So uh, – I want to, we're going to do probably a whole show on Jensen, break down the film. We'll get John Garcia Jr. on. We'll definitely reach out to him, see if we can get him on the show, talk to his coach. But let's talk about that in-state offensive line class right now, and let's talk about how many the Badgers are taking this year, right? Because last year, it was just Durand. It wasn't a big offensive line class. Luke Fickle talked about it. That's not the numbers we're after. 
Now, obviously, they added Huber and Renfro in the portal, but they want more from that in the high school class. How many bodies are they taking this year at that spot? Three, four? Because um, you have four in-state, right? And it starts with Donovan Harbor, the the big-time in-state interior offensive lineman, teammates with Corey Smith, the blue-chip running back. Uh, he's a high four-star kid. That's going to be a major battle. Ohio State's in there. Notre Dame's in there. Other schools are in there. SEC schools are in there. Harbor's going to be a big, big-time battle that I don't know if the Badgers are going to win. Then you have Nathan Roy. We've talked about him with John Garcia Jr. He is an elite outside athlete, about 265 pounds. Um, really, really good player on the edge. He's got a big-time offer list. He's blown up. He didn't grow up in state. That's going to be a battle, right? And then you just locked in Derek Jensen, who to me feels like one of the higher floor players out of this group. I, I'm, I, I don't think there's a ton of projection there. I think he shows really well at 285 pounds already. He moves well. He's nasty. I think he's a really good get, really solid get high floor player with a pretty good ceiling. And then you have Garrett Sexton, who I've talked about. Wisconsin has not offered Sexton. I'm just going to go out and say it. Like, I, I hope they don't let him leave the state. He, he Now, he's the one you have to project, though, right? And we talked about difficulties with offense line projection. He's the lightest of these guys. He's about 250, 255 pounds, but an 80-something-inch wingspan for the in-state offensive tackle out of out – of, I believe he's out of Arrowhead as well. He Yeah, he is out of Arrowhead, right? Yeah, he's out of Arrowhead. That's, that's almost an elite NFL wingspan, right? He has a, a huge frame in terms of wingspan, size. He just needs to add weight. He moves really, really well, finishes blocks. I hope they get Sexton. I, I hope they – because here's the thing. If, if you can put – and you don't know if – I don't know, right? If you can put 50, 60 pounds on Sexton and he maintains most athleticism with that wingspan and that tenacity, the way he blocks on film, he's a first-round tackle type. Like his upside is through the roof. If, if you can put – uh, hold on one second. I see comments coming in. We're going to get comments in a second. Um, if you can put the weight on to Sexton, he is a legitimate home run high upside player. So the, the in-state classes here at offense line is loaded. And I don't know why my camera just, just on focus there. Hopefully that comes back in. Um, so if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize for that. I'm, I'm all on focus. I'm, I'm out of focus. My wife always tells me that all the time anyway, but yeah, so it's a, it's a big-time in-state class. I'm super stoked to get Jensen into it. I think he's a really, really good player, really high floor. Now you have to lock down the other guys because I think some of the other guys that may in-state have a higher ceiling. I think Roy, um, Nathan Roy and Sexton maybe have the highest ceilings in-state, and Harbor is just an interior beast. Like He is a rhinoceros in the middle, and you definitely want to get him locked in as well, especially with the way this offensive line depth chart looks. There's so many tackle bodies. You need a couple more thumpers in the middle. And Harbor can definitely be that. So I'm um, very, very interested in how this offensive line class breaks down. I, I think they take four this year, and there's four great ones in state, but they're on a couple out-of-state kids too. So uh, I'm very interested to see how they break this down. They got the first one in the mix right now. Jensen's a really solid player. He might be a four-star by the time it's all said and done. Uh, I think physically he he looks and plays like a bit of a four-star. So very curious to see where he ends up, but he's a high three-star player, really good get. Um, let's get to some of these comments in here. Um, Elkin says, there's one more comment, I believe, being announced tomorrow since Phil Longo tweet, most likely KBJ. That's the receiver, the 5'10 receiver. Uh, like his game a lot. Uh, I'll talk about him a little bit in a different show coming up. I like his game a lot. Makes a lot of contested catches. Really good in space. They, they throw a lot of receiver screens to him, so that's a really good one. Zach Bart says, Jensen looks to be a stud, dude. Yeah, I, I think physically he checks a lot of boxes. The only thing with Jensen that worries me a little bit is I don't think he quite has the elite athleticism as, as but I don't know. I have to watch more film. I don't want to say that. I want to watch more film of him. Um, 
I think he's a really good get, a really good in-state player. Uh, I, I'm totally on board with that. I love the get. Shell says, it's good to see the bat signal again. Agreed. It's been a minute. Um, let's keep going here. Logan Couch, quick. We need a, a Luke Fickle bat signal t-shirt. Let's do it. Let, let's absolutely do it. Shell says, you can't teach size and athleticism. can always teach the fundamentals. I agree. I agree. So that's another thing I talked about with um, – actually, on the show I did with about Derek Jensen is he, he blocks really high. Like he – allows people to get underneath him like a lot of high school linemen he needs to to hone in on those fundamentals but you could say that about when you watch film a high school lineman and they're blocking you know he's 6'5 280 and he's blocking a 6'2 240 pound defensive end like it's hard to be fundamentally perfect when you're blocking guys much smaller than you right it's easier for them to get under your pads because they're tiny compared to you so i think the fundamentals work themselves out this is a really big get for wisconsin high three-star player in-state player and the offensive line is a big need this class so i'm excited about excuse me all right coming up we're going to talk cj williams uh get more of your comments in i'm really excited to chop up this receiver room a little bit more one of the most exciting things about it is different names popping up every day i want to talk about that and how phil longo might use all these guys that's coming up next on locked on badgers but first today's show is brought to you by our friends over at built bar i've talked about built bar a lot let me just get real i am tipping the scales past 40 right like getting a little older I need to get a little healthier. Built Bar is my nutritional go-to for it. I keep it in my desk drawer. My kids sneak it because they think it's they taste like candy bars. It's it's kid proof. They think it's healthy, but it's protein, not a lot of sugar. You know, it's healthy macros, it's incredible flavors. I always go to churro. That's mine. It's a hundred percent real chocolate. And the best thing is they they figured out this this formula to make healthy protein something that you want to eat and put in your mouth and not the cardboard tasting things that usually are protein bars. We all know what we're talking about here. Plus, they've gone mainstream. Go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, get your four-bar box at Walmart or your, your variety box at Sam's Club. You're going to thank me later. Built Bar, the best protein bars on the planet. All right, let's keep going here. Let's talk CJ Williams. Um, really, really interested in this receiver room. I'm fascinated by it. I don't know if there's – I don't think there's a position group that I've been this fascinated about in in a hot minute right in several years quite frankly and cj williams dominated last practice the usc transfer and that's great to see but honestly the, the best part about this is it feels like we're getting different names all the time that are, are stepping up and that just shows you the depth and the variety that's in that receiver room right cj williams dominated um this last practice had multiple deep passes um he brings a level of physicality to it but right we've seen great Great uh, reports on Chris Brooks Jr., also a big physical receiver. We've also seen great reports on Will Pauling, who, by the way, if you remember, I called that Pauling thing. I'm like, this dude's going to be really good for us. You know, people are sleeping on him. That was one of my guys. And you're starting to see these different names pop up. And Bryson Green's not even in the mix yet. And we know what we have with Keontes Lewis, just a pure vertical threat. We know what we have with with Chimri, or Chimri DK, like that possession guy. You know, Skyler that just jacked up. They call him Juice for a reason, right? And you're starting to see these different pieces flourish in this offense and and just have different days where it's going to be a Pauling day or it's going to be a, um, a CJ day or it's going to be a Chris Brooks day. And when Bryson gets back, there's going to be a Bryson day and there's going to be a day where Keontes hits two deep verticals and, and he takes the top off, right? And I started thinking about it. You know, Longo really has these different classes of weapons now, right? You want possession receivers, physical possession receivers. You have a C.J. Williams. You have a Marcus Allen. You have a, a D.K. who's kind of that possession receiver. 
You know, you have a Chris Brooks Jr. who can be that physical possession receiver, that red zone threat. Then you want a slot guy, right? You're going to have a Pauling and you're going to have Tretch coming on board, guys who can operate in space, who you can put, you know, cornerbacks into a spin cycle. You give an option route to a guy like Will Pauling with his speed and explosiveness, and maybe he's isolated against the third quarterback all of a sudden because the number one guy is covering Bryson Green and the number two guy is covering Sky. Now that third guy is supposed to cover Will Pauling in the slot with a, a two-way go route? Get out of here. Same with Tretch. Or you want that vertical deep threat, right? Now you're talking that Keontas Lewis and coming back to Skylar Bell. And that's the really exciting part with this. Phil Longo is really smart, right? Um, I, he's a really intelligent offensive coach who has multitudes of chess pieces to move about the playing board right now. And that's what's so exciting about this. When you see CJ Williams stepping up and you see Pauling and Brooks, and we know what that trio from last year can do. And we're really high, by the way, on Tretch coming in. He's going to come in as a physically developed freshman from a prestigious, two prestigious high schools. Like he's going to come in and it wouldn't shock me if he pushes right away. Now, the only reason he's not going to is because of the depth chart is the depth chart is, is deep. It's depthy. You know, so that's the only reason he's not going to, but he's going to be there. Bryson Green's coming back. And you just start to see where all these pieces are going to fit together. And then you add in a Braylon Allen. Jack Pugh's had a good day. Clay Cundiff is still coming back. And then you have a distributor who has an NFL-type arm with Tanner Mordecai. And listen, I'm not the one that usually tries to pump the hype train anyway because we're fans. Like I always say, be, be excited about it. it. Us being excited doesn't hurt anything, right? except maybe your hearts if it doesn't go the right way. But I'm never that guy to, to like pause the hype train anyway. But I don't even see any reason why you would with this. You know, we're early in spring. The games still need to happen. We've talked about it a billion times. But this what we're hearing validates what we thought we might see. And that's an important part to, you know, that's an important part to kind of um, to realize here, right? To plot out. I, like you don't need to overreact to things, but react to them. Right, you don't also don't have to wait months to start reacting. That that's the key. There's a sweet spot in between overreacting and then not reacting at all. Let's live in that sweet spot. All right, let's get some more comments here. A um, bunch more I want to get to. Let's see. Zach Bartz going back to Jensen said in a strength and conditioning program could be an absolute unit. Yeah, as an upperclassman, that's the other thing too. Right, and Zach, thank you for bringing that up. We we are now living in the the BC era of of Badger football. The the Brady Collins era of strength and conditioning and players are going to get bigger, faster, stronger under this, this strength and conditioning program. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Shell says we got to take at least three offensive linemen. I think you take four and I think you take four because you were light last year. Um, and also just because sometimes you have to hit targets of opportunity, right? And I'm, I'm a big fan of don't turn down talent, right? If, if you have, I'm just, picturing they're they're in on several out-of-state kids who are highly rated there's four kids in state that i think are studs that you would take any year right so if if you can get four of those top six targets you have those are all blue chip like plan a targets you just take them i think you just take them let it figure it out because players transfer now more than ever right players are going to transfer if if they don't see a path to playing time that's not a detriment to the player one of the things i think we need to see die a little bit is this idea that they're transferring because they don't like competition. No, they're transferring because they can just start at another place, right? Like I also want the player who's a dog who, who loves competition, but it's also a business decision, right? If you can go somewhere else and, and start quicker, 
that doesn't necessarily mean they're afraid of competition, I guess is where I'm at. So to, to loop that back, I got off on a tangent, but to loop that back, I think you take four and players will transfer out if they don't find a path to playing time. That's just the era we live in. Don't turn down talent. Um, Elkin said, I think the other commit is going to be Kian, uh, Kai and Barry Johnson. I agree. I think it's probably um, KBJ as well. Uh, talk about him a little bit already. We'll talk about him on a future show, but I would be on board for that commitment. 5'10", athletic receiver, um, catches in space. Really like him a lot. Let's keep going here. Um, let's see. Where's Bo Dragon? Nota Wales says, where's Bo Dragon? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he'll pop up. <laughs> Listen, if we if we know Bo, Bo will pop up at, at, at some point somewhere. Um, let's see. Parker Ducher said Fick won't leave for at least seven years. He'll be the next Alvarez. Yeah, there was um an OSU or I, I shouldn't say an OSU. There was a, a YouTube show that that they went with a hot rumor of you know Fickle will leave Wisconsin within a year or two, whatever it is. Um I, I just I don't know. Uh it it could be true. They there's no rumor to that, by the way. I, let me be very clear. They were just speculating that they they that's what they could see happening. I've I've said this several times. It wouldn't it wouldn't shock me, right? If if OSU at some point makes a decision to move away from Ryan Day, and in that same time period that OSU has to build up to that, Luke Fickle has been extremely successful at Wisconsin. We all know who Ohio State's main target would be. It would be Luke Fickle, right? Of course it would be. And let's just be honest. Like we we can be honest with ourselves. Wisconsin is not Ohio State in the hierarchy of college football, right? So I'm not inside Luke Fickle's head. I'm not going to try to be inside Luke Fickle's head, but Ohio State would come to him with a grandfather offer potentially that Wisconsin, we're not going to match it. We, we, you can't, because there's certain intrinsic things that Wisconsin can't match that Ohio State brings to the table, right? National recruiting profile. Um, almost unlimited ability to go into any five-star player's room and land that kid. That's just not going to be Wisconsin as, as much as we all wanted to change. So that's also not to say I think he would leave. I just – I don't know. I really don't. I hope not. I think I think Wisconsin has an elite coach in-house right now. So the longer he stays, the better. But Ohio State would be that one dangerous one. Let's keep going here. Zach Bart says Jensen is a four-star in rivals, high three-star in 247. Feel like he'll be a four-star when it's all said and done. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Uh, he's a like I said, his 247 ranking, I think is 87, which is just a like literally on that cusp. He's on that that little precipice of a tiny jump up, and he's a four-star. And that's that's a sweet spot for Wisconsin. Those are really good players. An 87 who's a four-star on another site. Um, again, has size, measurables, good film. He checks a ton of boxes. Yeah, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he is a four-star composite when it's all said and done. Uh, let's keep going here. A bunch more comments. We're going to take a very quick break, then just get into a bunch of your comments. Let's let's talk about it. Let's chop it up. A uh, bunch more of your comments coming up on Locked On Badgers. As always, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. Coming up, more comments, including um, a little more recruiting talk. All that and more on today's Locked On Badgers. All right, let, let's keep going here. Um, some more comments again. I really do appreciate everybody tuning in. P says this offense will be ridiculous. What does ridiculous mean? Let, let's talk about it. Is it 35 a game? Is it will this will this be one of the top three offenses in the Big Ten behind with with Ohio State and Michigan? Obviously, Michigan bringing back McCarthy. Ohio State's always explosive. Um, it, would that would it be disappointing if Wisconsin's not at that level? Interested in your thoughts there. I 
I think it's a top three offense in the Big Ten. I think it's right with that elite group because I, I think Ohio State and Michigan are going to be elite offensively. And I think Wisconsin is going to be right in that mix. If they're not there for me, yeah, we'll be disappointing. It, it, I mean, I'll just say it. Like, I've talked about growing pains. You know, I think it's very possible this unit has some of that. But at some point, if you just stack talent, you can just out-talent people, right? You can, you can put receivers and cornerbacks on islands and your talent's just going to win and you have an NFL a borderline NFL quarterback now you know Mordecai there is a reason he came back to college right he was going to leave for the pros and decided to grad transfer to Wisconsin it's because he's kind of a borderline NFL guy but let's all be real a borderline NFL guy is a very good college quarterback right and he has a ton of moxie I think this guy's almost the limit for this offense especially when you get Braylon Allen engaged I think this offensive line could take another jump I'm excited, man. Uh, let's see. Zach Bart says, CJ Williams looked like we all wanted him to look, making big plays, laying out the for passes. He's really showing his four or five-star talent. Also cannot overlook Chris Brooks making plays day in. And that's what I'm saying, Zach. That's what I'm saying. I agree. There's so much talent in this receiver room. and there, But the, the, the really interesting thing to me where it really stands out is there's so much versatility in this receiver room, right? You don't have a bunch of guys who are similar, who are really talented, but they kind of do the same things. As I mentioned earlier, you have this this group of bigger physical receivers who are going to just they're going to give people they're going to give people hell in the red zone, right? Like Mac and even Macintosh is six five, but Brooks, uh, Allen, you know, Sky is is physical. CJ Williams is physical, but you also have these these fast shifty receivers. You have deep threats. I think it's going to be so hard for defenses to figure out where they want to shift coverages, where they want to roll a safety, you know, because you can't take away everything. You know, if you want to take away some of the vertical elements of the Longo offense, playing maybe a three deep shell or something like that, keep it in front of you, you're going to have a lot of trouble with the Paulings and the treaches underneath. You really are, right? If you want to be more physical, you're going to have trouble at the line of scrimmage with the CJ Williams and the the Juice Bells and the the uh, the Chris Brooks Jr. types. Like those guys are going to shove off, you know, physical coverage and get inside that. So I just think there's a ton of versatility here, which really has me excited. It's it's not a bunch of the same, and uh, Longo is a guy who makes passing games go, and now you've given him a cupboard full of good groceries. I can't wait to see what he cooks. I really can't. Uh, Aaron Kennedy, let's go. Let's go, Aaron. Nice to see you on the show, my friend. CJ Abbott, yes, sir. Let's go. Like to see you on the show again. Thank you for always jumping on the show, CJ. Um, let me know what you think a successful offense this year will be. I'm very excited for it. Uh, Kyle Maitre says, very interested to see how Chris Brooks uh, factors into the depth chart come fall. That's the thing, too. Like, he's Chris Brooks is building a lot of momentum that started last year, right? That wave started last year and it's carried over to this year. But where does he factor into the depth chart when Bryson Green gets back? You know, like, how many receivers are going to catch meaningful passes this year? Are we going six deep with receivers that'll catch 10 plus passes? I, I have a hard time seeing that, but that's what has to happen if Chris Brooks is going to be involved, right? Because that, that top four is going to be some combination, probably, of of Chimre, Bryson Green, uh, Will Pauling, and then maybe Juice, you know, Scott, Skylar Bell. And then you still have uh, CJ Williams. You have Keontas Lewis. That's that's six right there without even getting to Chris Brooks. Maybe Brooks is seventh on that depth chart. Maybe he jumps some dudes. I don't know. It, it's going to be an incredibly fierce competition, and I can't wait for it. P says, I want OSU. I don't know, man. I have I have OSU PTSD, y'all. If I'm just being real, I don't know if I ever won OSU. And I know that that makes me a weak 
a weak sauce fan. Um, that team terrifies me, man. I, they've beaten us, what, 10 straight times? Uh, Mehmet uh, Paku says, I'm sorry if I pronounced your last name, my friend. Says the 24 class is looking good. Yeah, it's a really good start. Now, there are classes in the Big Ten that are a little ahead of Wisconsin, right? Um, not, not no, Obviously, Mich- Michigan is recruiting ridiculous this year, and that shouldn't be our standard necessarily. Uh, they're number one in the Big Ten. Ohio State's done really well. Minnesota has eight commits. Wisconsin sitting at four. Now, Minnesota also has no four-star commits, so quality matters here as well. But Wisconsin, from a number standpoint, is actually – a, trending a little bit behind, but I think you're going to get another one tomorrow. And it's so early that 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 doesn't stress me too much. Aaron Kennedy, where's the defense at? I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's keep going here. I don't know if you're talking, by the way, in practice or in recruiting, Aaron. Um, not really sure where you're at there with that comment. Either way, it's good to hear like some back and forth in practice, right? It's a bit of a departure from previous practice years where it was always the defense winning every practice. Now we're we're seeing this passing game give this defense some issues. Uh, I think that's a really good sign. And I've talked about that before. Gene Swan says, are they going to have enough defense this year? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's the question, right? Right. That's what we've talked about in, in a weird twist of fate defense may be the the question mark that determines how far Wisconsin goes this year. And I don't know if the pass rush is going to be good enough. I'm still, I'm still not sure. I think the, the run defense will be good enough. I think they've like, listen, the defensive line is stout. If nothing else, they're stout. There's a bunch of 280 pound upperclassmen. I'm not worried about that, but I don't know. I don't know if the pass rush is going to be there this year. That's, that's a big question I have and I still have it. And I don't think it's been solved. Uh, let's keep going here. Logan Couch says we're going to win a national championship or two or four with Luke Fickle. Yes, I would be. Listen, that's that's sports nirvana. If Wisconsin, if Wisconsin gets a national title, I'm going put this on record, like record it in the annals of Locked On Badgers for as long as I am employed here. If Wisconsin wins a national title, I will have the biggest swag giveaway. I will be giving so many jerseys away, so many helmets away. It'll be like the Christmas spectacular we had times ten. So hold me to it. Um, it's going to be epic if that ever happens. I will gladly do the biggest swag giveaway in the history of the Locked On Network. I, I probably shouldn't say that because I don't know what other people have done, but certainly in the history of Locked On Badgers, I'll tell you that. Uh, Patrick Flaherty says, I've been a Badger fan for many, many years. Class of 82, I check my feeds for Badger news multiple times a day. It's going to be a long wait till fall. Love this show. Patrick, thank you for always tuning in, my friend. Um, really do appreciate it. It is going to be a long wait. Uh, I, I certainly agree with that. Let's see. Slim Lewis psyched about this signing 67330. Uh, he is not 67330 unless somebody else signed. Now, maybe three years down the road in the Brady Collins, you know, the Brady Collins plan, uh, he could be 67330. Let's keep going here. Uh, man, a bunch of comments. I'm not going to get everybody in here. Oh, there's Bo Dragon. Fire guard. There's the Bo Dragon we know and love. <laughs> I love it. Um, and Mehmet says, I got his last name correct. That's incredible. That makes me very happy. Um, Logan Couch says, why would Miami re-offer Mabry? He is a Badger. He is our stay away Miami. So I did a whole segment on this. The Miami Hurricanes, for those that maybe missed that segment uh, or, or didn't see this, the Miami Hurricanes re-offered uh, Mabry Metower, Metoyer, our 24 quarterback. Two, two really quick things with that. I, I, why would they re-offer him? It's because programs shotgun offer quarterbacks if they need one. Like they they offered a couple other quarterbacks as well. 
So I won't read too much into that. And the other thing I would say is I, I, I talked about this, but my recap of, of what I said is this is why you stack the quarterback room because you never know in recruiting. I, listen, I don't think Miami is a threat to take Metoyer away from the Badgers, but maybe somebody else is, right? Nobody knows until people sign. That's how recruiting works. So that's why you stack the position. That's why you have an Evers and a Locke and a LaCrue. And they're not done. They're not done. Like if Metoyer went somewhere else, you know, God forbid, I hope he doesn't. Now there's no smoke that he is, but if he did, they would land somebody else. And that's, you just have to stack talent. And that way you insulate yourself against recruiting departures. So I think the staff has done an incredible job of stacking that quarterback room. I think Metoyer is coming here, by the way, let me just say that. But if he weren't, that's why you have two four-star transfers from last year's cycle. So uh, I'm very excited about that. Darren Wyman said competition is is good. Agreed. Uh, let's keep going here. Uh, Leroy James, the Badgers always play OSU well in Madison. It's been a very long time since the Buckeyes came to Madison. Somehow the last two regular season games were in Columbus. Yeah, we, we've had a stretch of either playing them in Columbus or Indianapolis. So I expect – here's what I'll say with the OSU game, and I'm going to finish up on this question. I, I would say I expect it to be close this year in, in Madison. I also expect Ohio State to win. But I'm, I think we are done. Here, here's, here's where I think we're done with. I think we're done with the – I almost just dropped a bomb there that I can't drop on live air. I think we're done with the friggin' we don't look like we belong in the field with Ohio State, right? That Ohio State game this year was the most depressing game of the season for me. Yeah, more than the Illinois game for me. Because it felt like it felt like we were light years from comp- competitive with them, right? It felt like we did not belong in the field with them. It was embarrassing from the start. And those days, I think, are over. And thankfully, I think those days are over. I think we're done looking like a reject JV team against Ohio State. I think we're going to compete. I think we're going to play. We're going to show up. We're going to be able to do some things that put them on their toes. But at the end of the day, Ohio State they're still light years ahead of us from a roster standpoint, right? Give, give fickle a couple years. It's, it's year one for fickle, give fickle Brady Collins long go a couple years. And then I think we're going to be right there, but they're just, they're just so good. They, they're just so good. Um, Patrick Flaherty says a big part of the quarterback plays above the shoulders. Braden Locke seems to be winning that battle with his knowledge of the offense. I love Locke. Um, I love Braden Locke. I, I thought coming in, he would be the number two quarterback. That's something I've said on the show a couple of times. I think, I think he got overlooked. Like people like the shiny thing. And this is no knock on Evers who could still end up being the guy in the future and can be incredible. But people are drawn to physical attributes and to Patrick's point, they kind of forget about the cerebral aspect of playing a quarterback. I think Locke is a, is a potential stud. There's a reason he was recruited to Mississippi state to play for the pirate. Uh, he's a four-star guy. He had an incredible high school career. And in any other year, in any other time, people would have been over the moon to land him. But he just got lost in the shadow a little bit of Mordecai and his 80 touchdowns the last two years. And Nick Evers, the physical Adonis quarterback, Locke got kind of lost in that shuffle. I think he's a legitimate guy, and I can't wait to see him play. Um, last comment here. Darren Wyman, I'm coming to the launch. Any updates on the Locked On event? So here's where I need to reach out to y'all. If I'm having a hard time finding a spot. So I have a couple emails out. We we have a lot of things we want to do. Um, we want to do a meet and greet. We want to give away some gear. We want to have um, potentially a couple players or recruits show. 
uh, a lot of things, but I have some emails out to, to sports bars in Madison. If anybody knows anybody that knows anybody and wants to help out, um, that would be greatly appreciated. We're just looking for a spot right now. So with that, I uh, really do appreciate everybody tuning in. You guys are awesome. As always, we're building this community. I think we're doing it the right way. If you disagree with any of the takes, let me know. I've always tried to get people on here that disagree because I think we get smarter with disagreements. I think we do it respectfully on this show, though, which I, I really love and I really appreciate everybody. So on Wisconsin, we're going to talk tomorrow, no doubt about it. We'll get Rajiv back on Tuesday, I'm sure. Um, a potential really good guest coming up this week as well that you guys are going to want to stick around for. Appreciate everybody on Wisconsin, and let's talk tomorrow.